Welcome to The Daily Pause with your host, Ron Powers. Oops. Was that the wrong one? Right, yeah. That was the wrong opener. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, you know what? We'll just keep going and I will, uh, <laughs> I will, oh gosh, here it is. Here we go. This has been Wake the Bear Radio, ASCO, 1080 Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hurst, Ron Powers. All right. All right. All right. Time to wake the bear tonight. Absolutely. Going to be a good show. Going to be a good show. Got a lot of good stuff coming on. Lots of, lots of great stuff going on. I, you know, I just got uh, got back last week. I got to go see the uh, Dallas Cowboys play the, uh, the San Francisco Niners. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. My daughter's a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm a Niners fan, and we were very cute sitting together with our different jerseys on. <laughs> um, and then my daughter was really excited to see these games yesterday, um, Kansas City Chiefs beating uh, Cincinnati, and, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles just crushing uh, the uh, Niners, which was sad. Um, mm. yeah, it did not – that did not uh, – that team game did not turn out the way I was hoping. I, you know, obviously, I was hoping that the Niners would win, but at least even if they lost, that they would have been able to play right with them all the way through. And if you don't got a quarterback, you just can't, you know. Nope. Nope. Brock Purdy, he did, he did pretty well. You know, if they had won, it would have been the first time that they had a rookie starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. And – uh, that would have been amazing, but all, all good stories must um, come to an end. And we had, he had quite a go. What was it? Uh, second consecutive games that he won. Yeah. 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 His career looks good. Nonetheless, bright talent, man. Guy <laughs> loves the Lord Jesus too. He's, he's not afraid to proclaim it too. So there's quite a few players on that team that are um, strong Christians. Um, so yeah, well, as California and uh, Bay Area fans, we we were sorry he went out with that elbow injury, didn't he? Right, yeah, right around the first quarter and yeah. right uh, on that pass, really that follow through, so sore. I mean, he he looked like he wasn't coming back. No, yeah, and, well, I'll it, have to admit I didn't watch it. I <laughs> have not. Fo- I used to follow football as a kid, and just with all the things happening, I just, I just it. To me, it was a distraction, but I understand. I, I like it on the smaller scale when my you know, son played in high school. And so, you know, you go to the local high school, town gets together, but it's gotten so commercialized. I just kind of, and all the stuff around it, the taking the knee and all that stuff. Yeah. I just like, I was done. So I, I didn't see it. Well, and the NFL is working really hard to get all of its listenership back. I mean, it, they lost a lot mm-hmm. of viewers um, when they became anti, really anti-American. Um, kneeling during the, I mean, just yeah. Kaepernick, yeah. Kaepernick killed it for a lot of people. So, but also, you know, even the, 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 the half times, I mean, you know, I, I don't go and watch pole dancers. And so why would I want to watch pole dancers in a, uh, you know, a football show as well? So it's yeah. just like, you know what, I'm done mm-hmm. with you guys. And so I hate to say it. I just, I'm done with them. Well, what um, you picked up on, Ron, I think, you know, Super Bowl 57, it's going to be in two weeks. And the halftime show, it is, um, it's messaging. It is, uh, there's, it's not just a halftime show. If you look back, uh, was it last year or two years ago? It was all about people in hospitals on gurneys and yeah. somebody was getting sick and people were dying. I mean, this is, it's a demonic altar, that halftime, um, that halftime stadium show. You get all that collective energy and believe it or not, I, it's something that, um, that can be channeled in the spirit realm. Yeah. Well, if it was a two years ago, they had a weekend who did the music and it was like full on demonic. He had like a, a chorus of demonic angels behind him coming down. 
as he came and then it opened up and then he was dancing with guys that were all dressed like him and they all had masks on their faces and they weren't just this they were like totally masked it was very bizarre it was like i mean if you know what to look for the symbolism will be their downfall it was clearly uh demonic in, in its presentation yeah. Yep. So, so you can also, I think they, that, that the Luciferian agenda is often it's given way at those halftime shows. I mean, it strange, strange things happen there. And don't forget, we learned from uh, last year, we learned that the Super Bowl is the highest human trafficking uh, event in the world. Yeah. And yep. so just keep your keep um, the the men and women who are being trafficked in your prayers. We know the borders are open. We know that a lot of them are underage. We know a lot of them are not in it because they want they want it. What they they're not there because they want to be there. It's it, slavery, it modern day slavery. It, it is horrible. And so just keep that in mind as we are celebrating football there are um, thousands of, of texts taking place and lots of parties going on. And this year it's in, um, it's in Glendale, Arizona, isn't it? Where um, the Cardinals have their home. And so down in the sun, great sun state of Arizona, mm-hmm. and it's not very far from the border. Yeah. So we're gonna pray, pray for safety, pray for the enemy to not have his sway. Mm-hmm during that time yeah yeah definitely so before we go off sports it's been pretty heavy i've got to i've got to laugh because um uh i used to watch horse racing i was i grew up in the horse industry and uh the pegasus world cup horse race was this this weekend and there was a field of 12 and the very dead last horse in that race was named Ryden with Biden. (laughs) I thought, wow, that sounds very providential. A bit prophetic, maybe. Hmm? The very last one. (laughs) Well, and that's, you know, that kind of leads us into, you know, some heavy subjects right now. I mean, I know I remember when they were saying, oh, Trump's going to have us in World War III within the first two weeks of his presidency. Um, we're two years in now to the Biden presidency, and I don't remember any time, you know, in recent history where we haven't, where we were as close to World War III starting the, the escalation of the military industrial complex with the, you know, giving 31 Abram tanks uh, to Ukraine. That It's one thing to give them Patriot missiles that shoot down missiles and stop people from losing lives. It's another thing to give them offensive weapons. And those are clearly uh, foreign and, you know, probably a buildup for an actual ground offensive and I, it just blows me away that people are not speaking out against that right now. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. I mean, it was basically um, FDR did a thing, a lease, uh, what was it, lease and use uh, in World War II. Basically, he didn't want to get involved uh, fighting the Nazis. So what he did is he went to the UK and a bunch of other, I think 37 other countries and said, hey, you can lease our equipment. And you can use it for your war or what, however you want to use it. And so basically we were supplying it. It was $50 billion worth. Uh, and that's a lot of money back then, $50 billion. And so uh, basically we were arming the other side. Now, it was a good thing that we fought against the Nazis. But, I mean, it's just if you have a will, you have a way. And that's they did it then to, to bend the laws because we weren't to be involved. The people had voted mm-hmm. saying we don't want to be involved in these foreign wars. And uh, but now, you know, it's like, well, we're not really involved in the Ukrainian war, but what are we doing? We're supplying the arms. And so, yeah, yeah. well, there's a reason it's called the military industrial complex. I mean, uh, here's a, a picture of um, the uh, the tank. It's from the, the training of the, the tanks that we're going to be sending over. Remember, Germany's going to give them some. And uh, there it just feels like a a serious escalation. These are powerful tanks and uh, they showed um, how far they could go and what they could sustain as far as an armored vehicle. Um, And so when we start, we start doing uh, these types of things, 
it, it's um, it's just getting people on the edge of their seat. I wanted to show this picture too, and I know it's dark, but if you look at it, it says that um, these are soldiers that are have been um, forced into the Ukrainian um, army. And uh, they were pleading with their family members to go, uh, their mothers, their wives, their sisters, to protest in Kiev on their behalf to, to get them out of um, this um, forced, um, uh, forced um, military that they're, they're in. It's, a, it's not just a, a draft. I mean, everybody there is required, obviously, in Ukraine. And so what they're getting into is just, uh, it's really um, very distressing for the, the good citizens of Ukraine. And when we talk about uh, Ukraine, if there's any disdain, it's always the Kiev government, not the people uh, behind it, because it feels like America is on a puppet string, and uh, Zelensky is is kind of saying, uh, "Move here, move there, Biden. No, that's not enough. We need more." Like a spoiled child. I mean, he just he he's walking around in his sweatpants, and it he just doesn't he isn't a leader that I want us to be behind. Well, I, I think that he has he has a bunch of dirt on the American government. This is this is the issue. Um, you know, the, you, you, there's a, we have multiple reasons why we're there, and they're not all good. Um, so I I really believe that we're there covering um, our tracks as far as what things the American government is allowed to happen there. I mean, obviously, going back to the the conversation with Marco Rubio on, on C-SPAN on the floor of the, uh, of the Senate talking to Victoria Newland and saying, Hey, do we have, they say we got 14, you know, weapons, you know, bioweapons labs there in, in, uh, in Ukraine on the border of, you know, of Russia. That's not true. Right. She's like, well, we kind of do like, she's like, well, we, we got bio labs. Well, what do we do in those labs? Well, we figure out what people are going to do to us and we learn how to stop it by doing it first. Uh, so they're bioweapons labs, right? So the things that, you know, Putin had listed of things that he wanted differently. One, an assurance that Ukraine wasn't going to become part of NATO. Number two, that there was going to be, you know, that they wouldn't you know, wouldn't allow these um, Azov battalions to continue to kill 20,000 of the Russian-speaking people. I mean, I'm not here to, to toot Putin's horn. I mean, but the reality is, is that it's it, in politics and in war, it's usually the lesser of two evils. And what's happening right now is that, from the very beginning, our media companies, which are completely corrupt, have told us that Putin bad, Ukraine good. Don't even question what's going on there, and just keep yeah. giving money and weapons, and don't mm -hmm. even and like no, like we need to have a negotiation, a discussion. People need to sit down and say, what is it you really want, and then hold ourselves accountable. To, you know, we have this philosophy. It's almost like you know, being able to do whatever we want. You know, because of the end goal. You know, the ends justify the means. That that's not how America. What Americans believe that the ends justify the means. We have to be, be righteous in everything we're doing, and uh, there's clearly some darkness going on there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we had a the, the filmmaker that that um, did the uh, Ukraine on fire, fire yeah. uh, Laponic um, Igor, and you know, one of the things I learned so much out of that documentary that was with Oliver Stone that we actually the U.S. came in in 2014, did a coup, took over the country because the country's in between NATO and in between Russia, and they kind of had a happy medium and they were they were existing. And Russia, um, I mean, NATO came along and said, "No, you're going to be fully NATO," and so they overthrew an election by um, by putting someone in that was very pro-NATO and not supportive of Russia. And so, you know, and we saw a lot of the same things that happened, you know, the riots and stuff, very similar to our mostly peaceful protests we had in 2020. Um, and so, you know, we put them in and then all of a sudden we renege, or at least Ukraine reneges on their deal about uh, talking about, hey, we might put missiles in here. We want to become NATO. And NATO wasn't supposed to expand another inch east towards Russia. That was the deal. And if, if uh, Ukraine becomes NATO, well, then you just moved it up hundreds of miles towards 
towards Moscow. And so, you know, Putin really has no choice but to say, hey, look, this is violation. This is this isn't very good. And uh, you guys don't seem to be very upstanding citizens anyway, because you're so corrupt. I mean, you know, we saw that with the energy system, um, you know, with with a lot of senators, children, you know, we have uh, Nancy Pelosi, John Kerry, uh, Joe Biden and one other one. Uh, there was four of them. But you know, they're all, they're all have their kids in these high ranking positions in the energy field and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know, and then you see, you know, Biden talking about, Hey, you know, if you don't get rid of this prosecutor, cause my son's, well, he didn't say because of my son, but you know, that, that company, Prisma, um, you know, I'm going to, um, withhold a million dollars and son of a, you know what, uh, they, they laid them off or they fired them, you know? And so mm -hmm. there's so much corruption there. And so now, you know, there's a big cover up. I mean, it's been shown, like you said, that they have bio labs there. And so you've got money laundering, bio labs, you've got all kinds of corruption and, and it's about ready to be exposed. And so, you know, the deep state is kind of like a wounded animal, which can be very dangerous. And so mm -hmm. a lot of people believe we are yeah. marching towards a World War Three or towards a nuclear confrontation. Uh, in yeah. fact, uh, was last week, um, the nuclear clock, you know, how close. Yes, late, that's right. Know, now at 90 seconds away from midnight, that's yeah. a minute and a half. It's the closest we've ever been. Well, that should you wake know. people up. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this yeah. whole, um, the whole, uh, it, it seems to be revving up very, very quickly. And of course, this could be partly because so much is coming to light in America through the Twitter files and through other things. And it's a look here, don't look there. Yep. But it's also, um, I mean, it, it's getting, it is getting people to look at Ukraine, which they should. I mean, Germany, they've been holding out about whether they were going to send any armaments or any tanks. And then just suddenly over the weekend, they said, okay, we are going to send uh, initially 14 tanks, which doesn't sound like much, but that's just the first shipment. There's a, there are a lot more tanks coming and the weaponry uh, it's being built up and what it did almost immediately um, then the, there were nine countries that joined in because Germany kind of got the, the dominoes going. And there, there are nine countries in Europe that said they would send tanks and they used the word to destroy Russian forces in the east, east Ukraine uh, in that Donbass region. And uh, it's obvious that um, that that got language inflamed from the Russian ambassador who's in Berlin. He said this is extremely dangerous, saying it shifts the conflict to a whole new level uh, and that the, um, they had counted on Germany keeping their word because Germany basically said that they were going to be reluctant to get involved in any way. They're right very close to the borders there. And um, they're, they're not just giving them tanks. They're giving them air defense systems, heavy artillery, multiple rocket launchers. And uh, it's all part of this package, as well as their training and giving uh, the technology and the ammunition for the tanks. Yeah, it's Quite bizarre. I mean, here you have a, a country that is providing arms against a country that was providing gas and fuel for that country. You know, so Germany was getting a lot of their support, you know, fuel from Russia. And yet at the same time, they're supplying tanks to harm Russia. It it's just really interesting, uh, to say the least. You know, and there are a lot of distractions right now. I mean, right now we've had some shootings. We've had the Twitter files. Mm -hmm. and we've had, um, what else? Uh, Paul Pelosi, mm -hmm. uh, the, that body cam footage. Yeah, the body cam footage comes out like, what, three months later, two months later? Yeah, three uh, months. Why Why mm -hmm. it hasn't it come out earlier? And then it's really weird. It, it kind of feels like it's staged. Some like, people thought it was. It was just really, it is quite bizarre. Oh, did you see the footage? Oh, yeah. Did you not see it? No, I just read. Um, I, I mean, basically what they said was that uh, both men had their hand on the, the hammer. And um, that was kind of 
the end of the what the newspaper said about it. Oh yeah, I, I could show it to you. I could show it to you real. Let me turn this off. But you're here. saying that that the actual body cam stuff looks staged. Yeah. Well, it's 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 quite interesting to say the least. I mean, it's hmm. it's here. I got it lo loaded up. If you want me to just. Uh, yeah, let me just share it real quick. Uh, go to share screen. Yeah, I, I just thought it was the bizarrest thing, to be well, honest. And it's like all this footage is now coming out, and it, it it just why now, and why does it look kind of staged? Here, let me let me uh, play this. Can't hear anything. It tells him to drop the drop the hammer. Yeah, maximize it too. And then he's take, trying to take it out of his hand, and then he's like going to hit him with it after that. And while the cops are there, oh my god! Yeah, right in front of them. Yeah, right, right in front, right in front. And so, uh, quite the quite the bizarre situation. Did you hear that? Um, I can't remember the name of the the man with a hammer who came a visiting. Michael, um, I think. What was it? I think his name was Michael. Yes, he actually called into a San San Francisco radio station over the weekend, and he read something uh, that was obviously, well, you know, he said it was him. I mean, all all we know if it was a radio station, we just I don't know that it was truly him, but but he he identified himself as Michael, um, and he said. I wish I had um, been better prepared so I could have taken these guys out better, which I thought that doesn't even seem right because he, he still has to go to trial. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't even know that he was out on bail. Yeah. Well, everybody gets out on bail here. And, and then if, you know, someone yeah. sneezes in the prison, they just let everybody out. Just, Nope, it's, you're done. Don't want you to catch COVID. Yeah. So. This, we're, we're, I mean, one of the things that caused us to, to start Wake the Bear Radio is that just just, just too many things going on that do not make sense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, you know, just the, the all of the mandates and it just seems like somebody's orchestrating this plan and it's, it's very, very orchestrated. And I you know, it kind of reminds me going back to the one, I think one show that we did when we talked about the 16 year plan where they never thought that Hillary Clinton would lose. Remember that? Um they never thought she would yeah. lose. And there was uh, basically a plan to ultimately lead to World War Three, that that the elites had a plan to use Russia to to um, to lead to, to World War Three. I got this. Uh, let me show you real quick this slide uh, here. And if you look here, can you see that? Yep. You look here, it says World War Three real or, or and orchestrated. So the leading us to. The steps to install rogue operations in the government, remove good guys from government. This is all under Obama. Fund terrorism, nuclear war with Korea and Iran, fund supplies in North Korea, um, bring in to kill off the good support, uh, Supreme Court people who are conservatives, install a you know a, a very you know um, progressive Supreme Court, and then they, we're kind of in this part. Now the problem is, is they didn't think that Hillary Clinton would lose. And so they were planning on doing this over the course of two two eight year reigns, and um, with Trump getting in there, and it kind of it it screwed the whole plan up. So they they orchestrated the um, the uh, the pandemic, the span you know scandemic, the pandemic, to take to you know to try to get him out. And now they're still going forward with the, the different person in, in charge, which would be you know um, the right in with Biden. But the uh, World War Three part, um, they they seem to be moving forward with that as well. So that's mm -hmm. a very interesting place that we're at. It is. I don't know if you noticed on uh, True Social, but um, Trump has been posting uh, for the last few days. Uh, he he. Everything he's posting is about. Uh, what it looks like to be in peace. Uh, he released some videos on restoring public safety that were really very, very good. He said, we must be able to defend our homeland, our allies, and our military assets around the world from the threat of hypersonic missiles. If interesting, because that's basically what we're putting in um, 
we're, we're putting in Ukraine right now. And he stated as president, he was giving his plan of um, like, just like Israel has that, um, what is their dome called? The Iron Dome. Uh, he, he has a plan to put a missile defense shield over America. And then he, he talked this weekend. He had two rallies. I don't know if you followed either of them, but he said the nuclear word is being mentioned all the time and it shouldn't be being mentioned at all. He said World War III would be a catastrophic event like none other. And when I'm commander in chief, I'll work with Congress and our great military leaders. And then he said, not the ones you see on TV. He said, those aren't the great military leaders. I don't consider them even leaders. But the great military leaders I'll work with are going to build a state-of-the-art missile defense system. And then, then uh, he went into other ways he had planned on protecting America. So he's... Uh, do you remember his conversation about um, he keeps hinting at I can uh, stop this conflict in the Ukraine in 24 hours? 24 hours. Yeah. So something's something's going on. I just feel like I'm being led down a trail and I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to be watching or definitely I can at least call my congressmen and congresswomen and say I don't like the idea that we're getting into a higher conflict, but but definitely we're being led somewhere, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a, I mean, this is a kinetic war that, you know, that what we're talking about, but we are in a war of information and yeah. there's been a lot of distractions. And, you know, I did do a bear pause the other day and um, just talked about two major events that may not have been as major in people's minds as they really should be. When you have a war of information, how do you make advances? It's not necessarily exposing more corruption like, oh, we found we found the ultimate, uh, you know, corruption. It, it's actually winning people over yeah. and having people. And the problem is, is most people are in an echo chamber of one side or the other. And so to actually get people that are on the fence or to get people to change sides is where advances are truly made, advances or retreats. And um, there were two events uh, I just want to bring up, and we had we had one that was actually a little over a year ago, and that was when Joe Rogan. It's kind of unrelated, but it isn't. It is no, related. It is. But Joe Rogan interviewed Dr. Peter McAuliffe, and he is a cardiologist, um, board certified. He probably had more peer-reviewed uh, articles than any other doctor in the world, um, and he had talked about, um, you know. Therapeutics, you know, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and that being the primary way you should be uh, dealing with this COVID, instead of just putting people in a hospital on a ventilator only to be, you know, killed. And so um, this was monumental, though, because Joe Rogan has like 12.8 million followers. Yeah. He has like over 2.2 billion views. So a lot of people have listened to his podcast. And this is a guy that's more in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. He just he's kind of an honest, uh, an honest journalist in a way because he calls he, it like he sees it. Yep. Calls it like he sees it right or left. He, he has both on. He doesn't really play sides. You know, I mean, he'll ask some good, hard questions. And uh, and, you know, he got a lot of heat for that, especially from the mainstream media and, uh, you know, a lot of ridicule. And then he did uh, Dr. Robert Malone as well, who is the founder of the uh, mRNA um, platform that the uh the vaccine is built on. And so that was a major, major event that people that don't normally listen to right wing or, you know, God bless America crew. They, mm -hmm. they're not used to that. They actually heard truth for the first time. Right. And so that's a start. And then a year later, so that was from December, 2021 to December, 22, we had the Twitter files that came out and we all know the story about Elon Musk finally buying Twitter and uh, that in itself was an amazing drama and, uh, you know, kept us really paying attention. But, you know, his job from that point on was to clean out the swamp that was within Twitter and he exposed them. And uh, actually there was uh, so far there's been 12 posts. And uh, actually, I'd like to share them real quick just to run through them. If that's yeah, okay. go for it. OK, let's do that. Um, share screen. Yeah, there's a lot of people that I mean, there's been a lot of talk about these Twitter files, but you know what, there's a good percentage of our of the American population that have not actually investigated the Twitter files. 
Um, that's why yes. we're trying to bring this to you guys mm -hmm. and, and through our platform and the people that watch us and listen to us to um, get these out, this information out on multiple platforms. Absolutely. So yeah, just, just going through it, uh, all this stuff here, there we go. You know, the first one started off in December 2nd and that was just the laptop story, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. And so that was a, a big break. And basically that was saying, Hey, look, this was never a conspiracy. It was always true. And we had the, the emails to show that we were asked to hide it. Then we went into uh, the second one, which was part two was the secret secret blacklist. And it was people like, uh, you know, Ted Cruz, uh, Charlie Kirk, uh, Dan Bongino, et cetera, et cetera. People that had conservative voices that were uh, influencers and they were, uh, you know, they were um, deep, not necessarily deplatformed, but not um, not enhanced um, and reduced uh, circulation, things like that. So they were really trying to downplay. Yeah. Do not promote. Uh, then by the time you got to Twitter uh, files three, four, and five was all the removal of Donald Trump off of Twitter, what they were going to do um, and why and all that. And that was on January 7th when they had done that. And basically they were, uh, there was just a lot of stuff behind. They've always wanted Trump off and this was their chance. And so, you know, this is all stuff that was not made public uh, until the Twitter files. Then you get Twitter files uh, part six, which showed the FBI was involved, um, that they were deeply embedded into Twitter, you know, people like James Baker. And you had Twitter files part seven, which is more about the laptop and the FBI involvement in that. Very uh, then you story of the Hunter Biden right. laptop. Yep. Then you get the uh, the eight, which was uh, aided the Pentagon's covert online psyops campaign. Again, that was more about psychological warfare on people trying to change uh, the overall uh, viewpoint of things. Then we had uh, part nine, which is they were in, Twitter was involved in other government agencies like CIA, like the Homeland Security. Then we have uh, by the time you had part ten, it's the, the rigged COVID debate, and it talked about how they they basically silenced one side. And so it wasn't really a debate at all. It was just you're hearing one side amplified and the other side greatly reduced. And then by the time you get to parts 11 and 12, it was um, it was more about uh, Twitter and the intelligence community and how they were involved uh, behind the scenes. They were working hand in hand. Basically, Twitter was an extension of a government arm because the government could never do the things they did. Uh, legally, but they yeah. can do it through a private company. They circumvented the Constitution of the United States and the Second, you know, First Amendment. So, yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, thirteen, uh, part thirteen was more uh, COVID truths that were covered up. Uh, again, you know, uh, things like uh, research uh, that was downplayed. Like, yeah, they didn't do research, and so you didn't know about that. You didn't hear about uh, mm -hmm. Pfizer's, you know, crackpot way of doing things, getting things rushed through. And then by the time you get to fourteen, it's the Russia Gate lies, and fifteen, the last one out so far, is more on Adam Schiff. How Adam Schiff was specifically telling uh, Twitter to silence certain people, um, and so it was as if the government was running Twitter, you know, telling Twitter what to do. And so, anyway, uh, it was quite an interesting, uh, quite well, an interesting setup. The sticks yeah. out to me there, Ron, is it's it's very clearly that that all of us who were, um, you know, two years ago conspiracy theorists who who believed all of those things were happening but couldn't prove it are now proven true. Those things have been proven true. And to anybody who's willing to look at the evidence, the evidence is overwhelming that they're that the the, the government was colluding with social media to to silence conservative voices, to silence debate, to deamplify the voices they didn't like mm -hmm. and shut them off and get them off and put forth the things they do like and amplify those. And then we also know that there was huge Twitter bot farms uh, um, supported and created by the um, the Dems. They had a they had like eight or twelve people that were creating millions of impressions on Twitter that were fake accounts that were bot farms that were you know, and so that all came, so it, it it became very one sided as though somehow it was balanced. It wasn't balanced. That's the that's the thing is it, it pretended to be balanced uh, platform, which was what it was. It's yeah. com it, Twitter's commitment from the very beginning was to be a balanced place where ideas could compete, and the federal government, the FBI, the CIA. Um, the embedded people in those organizations and the in the government itself, like Adam Schiff, colluded with social media to silence the opposing positions. That is very un-American. That is that is criminal, and it needs to be investigated fully and prosecuted. 
and uh, and never happen again. That's the key. If people don't get investigated and prosecuted, then you, you're just you're basically just saying, oh, just do it again. You, yeah. You, there's no there's no consequences. So no. keep doing it. Yeah, no. absolutely. Wow. Crazy stuff out there. But yeah. people are waking up. People are waking up. You know, uh, two weeks ago we had Davos, and um, you know, before pe- people didn't even know about what was going on. You know, before the internet. I mean, so so the uh, World Economic Forum was started in 1971, Klaus Schwab, and uh, you know, but how would you have even heard about what they were up to, right? I mean, there was no internet. You'd have to read a book or hear some like late night mm-hmm. radio, AM radio show, you know, and um, but now it is getting more and more exposed to the point where, um, you know, I was really impressed with uh, rebel news and actually I'd love to play a clip of rebel news. That was just uh, phenomenal. Cause basically wow. as he's interviewing, he's really making all the accusations that are, are getting pretty well known and stuff. So um, yeah. So let me, let me do that one real quick. Uh, that one was a good one. At least I, I was really entertained by it. To yeah, be honest. Put it on. Put it on. Uh, yeah. So um yeah check this out this is a amazing footage right here (laughs) can you see this Mm -mm. have you got it yet yeah are you yeah present share screen hang on let's stop this for a second Okay. Hang on. Uh, okay. I'll post edit all this. Well, you're getting that ready. Um, did you, did you catch that Christopher Ray was at Davos this year that um, he was, he was there toting the private part public partnership at the world economic summit, obviously. And, um, I found it very interesting that the the leader of the FBI would be there. Yeah, uh, that's that's huge. Uh, this is you know the people say, oh, we're not making policy. Yes, they are. They're oh, gathering yeah, they together are. an unelected group of people with elected people to collude together to create global public policy. Right. That's right. Without the without a, the average American involved in the in this discussion. Um, this is desperately destructive to you know everything that we hold dear. I mean, they're they're the plans that they're coming up with are to overthrow our republic and to institute a, a state hold stakeholder capitalism, which is basically socialism. Yeah, yeah. well, and, definitely. And and this is a, actually a great uh, reel here uh, interview. And this is this is how uh, real journalists do. Uh, and this is how we're finding <laughs> out people are waking up. So I can share yeah, this pretty- now. There we go. And when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry for that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. But we now know that the vaccines do not trans- stop transmission. Why did you keep that secret? Have a nice day. I won't have a nice day until I know the answer. Why did you keep it a secret that your vaccine did not stop transmission? Is it time to apologize to the world, sir, to give refunds back to the countries that poured all their money into your vaccine that doesn't work, your ineffective vaccine? Are you not ashamed of what you've done in the last couple of years? Do you have any apologies to the public, sir? Are you proud of it? You've made millions on the backs of people's entire livelihoods. How does that feel to walk the streets as a millionaire on the backs of the regular person at home in Australia, in England, in Canada? What do you think about on your yacht, sir? What do you think about on your private jet? Anyway, they wow. they go on. But they, they, that's wow. awesome. That's straight up it. journalism right there. Yeah, I, you know, I thought I thought journalism was dead, but that right there is showing you what real journalism is. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And they also did it with uh, Greta. Greta was another really fun, uh, f- just a very <laughs> fun video to to watch, where they were just. 
I mean, she couldn't answer it. She was just laughing. You know, it was, it was anyway, I'll do a bear pause on that one as well. Yeah. But, you know, people aren't taking it anymore. People aren't no. taking it anymore. I mean, it was like, um, you know, someone had a bed sheet out their window at Davos and it's spray painted on there. This is what corruption looks like, you know. And, uh, you know, it's right down, right across from where they're all walking, you know. So people are like, you know, we're over this. So anyway, that I, I find is very encouraging. And yeah. so people are waking up. And they are making policy there. Obviously, you, you were talking about we don't make policy and they do, obviously, because the WHO, they had a whole ad hoc um, meeting there where they were making recommendations on um, that they should be able to be the international standard who says whether or not there is an emergency situation and that they get to kind of globally call that um, you'll you'll have to follow the WHO guidelines um, because we've we've decided we're the ones that get to implement these, and they're going to try and get that in anyone who's part of it, the UN. You know, the WHO is just the health branch of the United Nations, and so anyone who's part of the United Nations is going to um, is by in effect has to comply with what the WHO is coming up with yeah, um, unless they, like Trump was trying to get us, um, he was questioning us. Defunding, being he was defunding the World, H World Health Organization. That's right. Yeah. Because the, the, the reality is, is that there are people that are on the board of Pfizer that now are on the board of the World Health Organization. There's right. people on the board of, of Moderna that are now on the board of the FDA. There's and they, these regular people that should be, um, who have severe conflicts of interest are now moving over in this revolving door onto the, the regulatory agencies that are supposed to be regulatory, you know, giving re regulations to the companies that they have tons of stock and interest in. So therefore, you know, I mean, the worst is that, uh, you know, NIH, you know, you had uh, Fauci, his wife is on the ethics board for the NIH. Yeah. She's in charge of what's yeah. considered ethical and not for the National Institute of Health. And this is the type of corruption we're seeing in almost every area of American institutions that that people have infiltrated. And, and it's basically show me the money. It's with the shekels come the shackles. Where did the money follow the trail? Who's getting paid? Where's the money going to? Who's not you know, regul doing their job of regulating things because they are being paid off? And these are the areas that we really just need to be aware of. And, and granted, you know, that not every single story out there of corruption is 100% accurate, but you need to investigate it. I mean, what did Reagan say? Trust, but verify, right? Those are the things that that's a, uh, that's a way we need to look at every situation with media. Okay. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just believe media. I'm not going to trust what you tell me is the science because science is the ability to ask questions about your conclusions, right. right? That is science to trust. The science is a hogwash. No, no, actually question. The science is actually yeah. doing science. And that's the same with media. We need to be questioning media and asking, is this accurate? And, you know, a lot of us have watched the film that came out, you know, that they just published um, in the, the media that talks about um, how the, the government used churches, evangelical churches, the largest ones to in, introduce propaganda in the, the leftist propaganda into churches to complete the government's narrative. The government hijacked the church and its relationships with uh, Dr. Francis Collins and with um, some of the highest ranking uh, evangelical leaders in our in our day. And I think we should put that video and the links to the stuff we've talked about in this in our show notes, you know, mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And they, they use the travesty of truly loving your neighbor. looks like you will comply with what the government is recommending. And these were large churches, large, um, like the Billy Graham um, uh, uh, Association and uh, Christianity Today. And so the people that were going and reading these, going to those churches, uh, they want to be good people. And yes. so they are trusting what the government had been saying, which was inaccurate. I mean, they were telling them to wear these masks that didn't work. And the, um, it was completely um, a narrative that was humanistic. I mean, it, it, it had nothing to do with um, the need to 
to gather together and that there are alternatives and we can do this in a way that was smart. It was basically a, a complete shutdown and control and, and a breaking apart of the um, infrastructure of a lot of uh, Christianity. Mm-hmm. Well, the, one of the major leaders they talked to was Ed Stetzer, who is um, was the editor in chief of of many major publications for Christian. Uh, he's a Christian missiologist. He's the he has the distinguished chair of church and mission and evangelism at the Billy Graham Association. He was the president of Wheaton College and executive director of Billy Graham Center for Wheaton College. He is the North American regional director for the Lusane International. So this guy um, legitimately loves God and wants and cares about mission. Mm-hmm. He was hijacked and duped by his relationship with Dr. Francis Collins to follow the propaganda. And then they were even saying things like, you know, pastors were saying, like, I don't feel comfortable pushing you know, getting this experimental jab. And they said, well, don't, well, you don't have to preach it from the pulpit. Just get it and, and post it on social media that, hey, look, I'm so thankful I was able to get the jab. Well, that's exactly utilizing the influence of church leaders mm-hmm. and some of the biggest churches in America and church leaders in America didn't question the propaganda. They just said, oh, they were basically fed a bunch of propaganda saying, if you love your neighbor, you must mask. The only, the only thing you can do, I mean, Rick Warren, who was one, pastor of one of the largest churches in Southern California, who many of us have read his books and liked the guy. He was saying that the only loving thing you could do is wear a mask, shut down your church and get the jab. That is completely abnegating the spiritual leadership and responsibility as a spiritual leader over people by just listening to one form of discussion and not letting there be an open debate of ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. You know, it's a mindset too. I mean, you could see certain ministries fell for that, but you could also see other patterns, you know, and those patterns are um, sometimes less spiritual. I mean, they're, they're more like what works. Well, these, these type of sermons work great. Uh, these programs work great. And there's a lot of uh, professionals, you know, no longer is it a hundred percent, just the word of God to fix a person's problem. It's like, no, we've got licensed psychologists that happen to be Christian. Uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden there's a mixing. And so there's a high respect and they assume that uh, nobody's doing anything nefarious, you know, mm-hmm. as far as the, there's an agenda. They don't spiritually look deep into those things like, well, what's the background of this person? I mean, if you look at like even Klaus Schwab, you know, I would find him possibly questionable. I mean, his, you know, his parents, uh, I mean, his, his father is deeply working for the the Nazis and you know, and then all of a sudden you see that he gets in with uh, uh, Kissinger. Kissinger mm-hmm. has all these, you know, programs for him and, and he mm-hmm. starts moving up. But if you didn't do your homework years ago, just understanding what to look for, you would never question things. You just see what the, the sound clips that are showed on the news that sound always sound good. But it's like, no, this guy's involved with him. This guy got, a, you know, a Rhodes Scholar or something like that. This person got money from this group. Why would that group give him money? Why would he get promoted unless? And so it takes that kind of long range research day to day, just a little here, a little there to start to see the world a little bit differently. And so if you didn't do that, you just took the sound bites. I could see where Rick Warren and, and a lot of other big churches, they, they mean well, they assume the best, you know, we're, we're supposed to assume the best in people. But also we need to use some wisdom. And so anyway. Yeah. Well, and this is the interesting, I had a good friend of mine come to me who had him and his whole family got um, vaccinated, you know, and, and, you know, I told him don't do it. And he did. And he came to me and said, Hey, do you, do you um, have any information about what you can do to get the, these, the MRNA tox- toxicity mm-hmm. out of your body? And he was like, man, I wish I would, you, you, I wish you would introduce me to some of these guys earlier you know, I might not have got the shot and it was like, but you know, we were shamed and silenced. And and then it was weird because then we were talking about the Ukraine that we shifted from one thing to the next. And then he was so totally talking about the importance of, you know, supporting Ukraine against, you know, mm-hmm. you know against um, Putin. Yeah. Putin. Yeah. And it was weird. It was like, I'm like, dude, do you not see that the same sources that told you to trust the vaccine are the same sources that are telling you to go that we should be hundred percent behind Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Like the waters are dirty that you're, you need to start questioning your sources and mm-hmm. looking at multiple parts of media, not just looking at what CNN and the wall street journal say and what the, 
you know, what the MSNBC is saying. You need mm -hmm. to like, you need to, I, I hate to say it, you've got work to do. You've got to research. Yeah. You need to understand there's six mega corporations that are controlled by the left in this nation that control 95% of the media, including Fox News, Fox Business, Fox Sports. Like they've, they bought everybody out. The, you, it was like in 1983, there was like 60 independent forms of journalism. Now there are yeah. six mega corporations and they're the same ones that told us there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And you, you, you can't believe just automatically believe that what you're being told is the truth. You have to research it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, a big pill to swallow. But when you're, you are, leading your family and you're making sure all your family members are are toting the line of what you think is right then you are responsible for a lot and so as you had said he had he had um taken that initiative and he had he had led his family so that they all all were vaccinated together so that's uh that's a very um it's very sobering. So we have responsibilities. It's not just us that this affects. Yeah. And, and there's no, I think of the reality that we, Frodo talk about where Frodo says, I wish this ring would have never come to me. And Gandalf says, and so does everybody who faces the times we're in. It's yeah. not given the time. You, now is the time to figure out what you will do with the time you have not to question where you're at and so that's what we need to be doing we need to lead people to jesus because he's the answer to every one of these problems and i really this believe that is. um wake the bear yeah, radio god is in control 1080 on your all right dial. good night good now. night okay oh the one thing i wanted to ask us to say was um we need to say we're going to be starting to go live soon. We'll be taking calls soon. You know, some of the um, the the business that you know, what's his name said. You know, I need to be thinking about like we need like what are the things we want to make sure we say also. Um, yeah, and put that in there. Like like you know, just get used to like oh yeah, go to our website wakethebearradio.com. What look up the links that we're going to have with this. You know, things there's just things that I keep forgetting to say, and I we need to just put it at the top of our notes. In fact, I'll do it right now. Just so yeah, we, we I I did uh, I did get it on. Um, I got YouTube set up and Facebook set up. I'm still trying to figure out Cloud Hub. I have not found a single uh, video that explains how live. to do live stream. I see it all over. There's nothing on Cloud Hub, so I, I sent the mm -hmm. Cloud Hub uh, a request. Hey, where do I go to figure that one out? And then I I think I could do uh, Rumble. I just um, so I'm I'm getting close for that. But I got two. Those are the ones that came with the package. These the Rumble and Cloud Hub, you know, I have to do something a little different, but it, it can be done. Is, uh, so anyway, I do have to get ready for yeah, dinner. That's right. So You've got a dinner appointment, don't you? Well, I do. Enjoy. Yes. I think we did good. I think we're getting better each week. So we are. Um, but I'm going to end the recording and I'll get back with you. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris, give me a call and we'll, uh, and we can chat if, about any of the 